The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. This is in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, and chapter 19, verse 8. Revelation 16, 15, and 19, 8. Both those verses, I want to tie them together for you because they do tie together. The, the, the title of the message is Walking Naked in Heaven. How in the world do you get a title like that out of the Bible? Well, it's there. I don't know if you've read Genesis, but uh, Genesis 1 says Adam and Eve were naked. And did not know it. Your animals, you veterinarians over here for your sake, your animals are naked. And they don't seem to be bothered by it at all. Because they don't have the conscious, self-consciousness that sin brought in at the fall. When, as soon as sin entered into Adam and Eve, the first thing they knew, they were naked. And they, and they went out and put a bikini on. Now, uh, fig leaves probably don't make too good of uh, clothing because, first of all, they wither quickly. And so God ended up killing. The first death and the first shed blood was for clothing. It's interesting because it all really ties together with the atonement and all that went on past that. It all ties together. Sin strips you naked to your shame as it did them and they saw it. I really had never thought about this passage much. Uh, how will we be clothed in heaven could be a subtitle to this. How will you be clothed in heaven? You say, Brother Bill, well, first of all, I want to make sure if you're going to get to heaven. You'll not make it to heaven unless your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's absolutely undeniable, biblically. And so how will you get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life is if thou shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. To as many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Whosoever believeth on the Son hath life. Whosoever believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So we know from the Bible clearly that you must, to get to heaven, somehow you've got to go through Jesus Christ. He did something that made it possible for you and I to get to heaven, and that was he paid the price was required by the justice of Almighty God for the crimes we have committed. He paid the price. And consequently, we are uh, more than pardoned. I don't really like that term too much, but we're justified, declared not guilty by the judge of all that is before him. Now, if by the grace of God you have trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you've received him, you know him, whom to know is life everlasting, you, you have repented in your spirit. That means you turned the other way. Repentance just means you change directions. I was going this way, self-determinative, self-judging, self-directed, 
and I turned, and now I'm, I'm Jesus-directed, word-directed, because Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to do what? Keep my commandments. No more am I directed by myself. I'm directed by God. That's a complete change of direction. And you can testify whether somebody's really born again because their direction, who is telling them what to do changes. It's no longer myself. Uh, it is Jesus Christ and the Word of God and the Spirit of God in me. So that sets the groundwork for this, that we indeed, um, I know that most of us in this life especially care about what we wear. Not everybody does, but most people care about what you wear and how you look. If you set a mirror up, people will stop and look at it. You just set it up. They did this on YouTube in a jungle where a lot of animals were going by. I'm talking about gorillas going by and elephants going by and a cheetah went by. And there was an, an, and a bunch of bamboos. Now, if you've seen some funny bamboos in front of a mirror. But, but it, the elephant even stopped. And, but the cheetah went up there. And the gorilla, this big old bad boy gorilla, went up there and hit the mirror. I thought he was going to bust the mirror. You know, he went, who is that? You're not supposed to be here. But they, they, I've had parakeets for years. Right now I have 12 parakeets working on 13. And I put a mirror up in there sometimes. I don't have one now. But the parakeets love a mirror. They'll get up there and sing to that mirror. They, they just say, that person in that mirror is the best-looking parakeet I've ever seen. Well, humans were a little bit like that. We care, we do care about our garments most of the time, care about, they're important to us. In the Bible, garments are huge. You used to use them for money and changes of garments. The concern in this passage that we're going to read is not whether about the kind of garments you have, it's more if you were going to have garments. Let's read it in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth, you ought to circle that word, and keepeth, you ought to circle that word, his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Ooh. Then to go to Revelation chapter 19, if you would, 7 through 9. I'll read a few of the verses for contextual reasons. Uh, let us be glad and rejoice. Uh, Revelation 19, 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. This is a passage of the second coming of Christ. Not the rapture, the second coming. Where he actually puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. Sets up his kingdom for 1,000 years. Let us be glad and rejoice. And give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife, that's born again believers. That's you and me by the grace of God. If you're saved here today. Hath made herself ready. And, her, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed that's you and me, in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Circle that, if you would. The fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said to me, Right, blessed are they that which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true saints of God. Now, in the Old Testament, if I go back through the Old Testament, I will just briefly Garments are very important to the worship of Jehovah God. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 31, there were commandments given to Moses and through Moses that Aaron and the high priest were to wear holy garments, specific garments just to come before the presence of God. It was important to God. Exodus chapter 39, verse 1 says that they were blue and they were purple and they were scarlet. 
They were, they were called clothes of service to do service in the holy place and made the holy garments for Aaron and the Lord commanded Moses. And in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 17, it says, And he put on righteousness as a breastplate. Interesting figurative, figuratively there. You can literally put on righteousness as a garment or a breastplate and the helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and he clad. He was clad with the zeal as a cloak. Just using the figurativeness as clothes there. In Isaiah 61, 10, it says, I will great rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Interesting analogy there. And he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. And you see where I'm going. I'm going back in the Old Testament to see these phrases were used, not just in the book of Revelation, but they were used all the way back into the Old Testament when it came to the worship of Jehovah. So we've been clothed with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom. Isn't that interesting? All the way back to Isaiah, I've written about five, six, seven hundred, about 700 B.C., all the way up to 100 A.D. to the writing of Revelation, there is this analogy that God's bride, which happens to be the church in this case, is going to have some need or desire for, and God will want, you to be clothed, just as a bride. We have a newlywed here. I didn't get to see your pictures. I never did. I, I think you defriended me on Facebook. But anyway, uh, I, I didn't get to see uh, any pictures, even from Emma. You know, I didn't get to see any pictures of the... Of the uh... In fact, I, maybe I did see some pictures. I, I did see a couple pictures. Your dress was real pretty. It was nice. And it was white. It was white. Yeah. And long and elegant. Isn't that interesting? Even today in weddings, they use dresses like that. Well, God says that's going to be the kind of his desire for us, that we're going to have uh, beautiful uh, out, uh, clothing on that is fine and it's white. Uh, it's, it's, as a bride, it decked herself with ornaments. As in a, and this is back to Isaiah 61.10. Decorate herself with ornaments as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. You said, brother, I thought heaven was going to be a lot different than earth. Don't seem to be quite so different as you thought. Jesus, in writing to the churches of the importance of garments in Revelation chapter uh, 3 to the seven churches there in verse 4, he says, thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. According to this verse, in, in, uh, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 4, and, and to the church of Sardis, there must be a possibility for you and for me, because that's a New Testament church verse, there must be a possibility for you and me to defile our garments. Now, we happen to know from reading Revelation chapter 19 already that those garments are the righteousness of the saints. Those garments are the righteousness of the saints. There's an ability to defile those things in this world, according at least to this verse, according to the text verse, one can mess up in this life, though you're saved, to the place of potentially walking naked and being ashamed in front of the hosts of heaven. I don't want to do that. I sure don't want to do that. I've seen prisoners of war when they, uh, in Vietnam, the way they used to do our, our men is they would uh, assemble a bunch of men and women together, and they would take one of our soldiers out of his cage, and they would strip him. 
naked and then laugh at him and mock him. That was one of the way they dealt with our soldiers. Now, that's, that's, that, that, nobody wants to be shamed like that. And you would think in, that there was be nothing even close to this in heaven. But yet the Bible says you can't deny the verses are there. And, it's, it, and, and it also seems to be Old Testament supportive of this whole thought that our righteousness our, and our, the things we do here in this world are going to be pushed forward to us when we're there and used to clothe us. And if you mess up as a Christian and go about your business, you may indeed be saved and still go to heaven, but you may be shocked when you get there and you are, are in line waiting to get your garment. And they bring out this little piece of something and say, this is all you got. What? What? Life in some ways, in, in this life in some ways, is a mere image of the life to come. If you've read the book by Randy Alcorn, and I don't even recommend a lot of the stuff, but there's a 700-page book he wrote on title Heaven. How many here read the book? That is one of the wordiest books I've ever waded through. I mean, my wife even, would you could hear her huff and puff as she would be reading through and go, ah, man, he said that in the long, he took a long time to say one, one thought. I mean, it just could be edited down to 150 pages. 125 pages, probably, if you really got serious in editing. But nevertheless, out of that 700 pages, you can... Get it down to the 125 pages of, of meaty things, and I like, I like where he's going in his mind with that, because biblically, it's, the the this life is not all that different. It makes sense that God, who made all of the you know the the family structure and the trees and the bird, that heaven would not be. It's amazing to me that Moses was taken up to the mountain and he was shown the tabernacle in heaven and it was used as an image to make the one on earth. You know that's true. Same thing with the, with the, uh, tabern- with the temple. Those measurements and things were taken from heaven, which is all, with the altar and the things were already in heaven, and those plans for all of that were an image. So what was made here was a mere image of what was up there. Interesting. Now, I know I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him. There's going to be some things in heaven flat out you have not thought of. It hadn't come into your mind. It hadn't come in. There's just going to be things way past anything you have known here. But there'll be some things that you will have been familiar with here. Many things, in fact, will be similar. The fact that there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. There is an old heaven here and an old earth. Hmm. There'll be living waters to drink. We have water to drink here. We're invited to the great supper of the Lamb in chapter 19, and we supper here. And by the way, it is supper. Just get right with God and quit calling it dinner. Oh, I'm from the part of the country who calls it dinner. You're from the wrong part of the country. Or you just need to change it to what the Bible says, the great supper of the Lamb. It's the evening meal. They'll say, you want to, uh, when I invite you to dinner, it's at noon, brother. You come at six, I ain't going to be home. 
When do you eat lunch? At dinner. Okay. There are 12 kinds of fruit the Bible says we're going to eat. 12 kinds of fruit. Uh, we eat beside the river of life. Let's, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, you don't turn there, I'll read it. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was a tree of life. A tree. We're used to tree, trees. I love trees. I plant trees all over the place. I got oak trees. I got live oak trees, wet oak. Oh, let's see, laurel oaks, uh, live oaks, and all kinds of. I even got a shumar oak, which bear 12 manner of fruit, and yields are fruit every month. And the leaves, there's leaves here, right? Trees were for the healing of the nations. That's not so different. I believe in heaven there's trees, there's fruit, there's leaves, there's paving. Amen. It's not blacktop. It's gold. There's paving. There's walls. There's houses. There's, there's water. There's light. There's feeling. There's sight. There's colors. There's jewels. There's pearls. There's travel. There's speech. There's love. There's care. There's work. There's service. Our new bodies will also need and want some of the garments or the coverings. No doubt. Jesus, in his new resurrected body, ate and partook of food. Interesting. It seems that, it seems that matter, that they matter. The, things, the, the white is preferred as a color. That linen, which is, was used in the temple here, was a, 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 a part of what was used also in heaven. The fine, clean, and white seems to be important, mentioned in Scripture there. In Revelation 19, 14, it says, The armies which were in heaven followed him on a white horse. That's Jesus Christ. It's the second coming. The only way you're going to get me on a horse again is this way right here. Because that'll be a redeemed horse. Because otherwise, a horse has an intention to kill you. But anyway, clothed in fine linen... White and clean. Now, I don't say it if it's, not, if it's not important. The Bible doesn't say just superfluous stuff. It says stuff that we need. Our text verses that we read uh, reveal a possibility and a truth not understood before they're mentioned. In Revelation 16, 15, Behold, I come as a thief. That has been mentioned before. Blessed is he that watcheth. Uh, that is, uh, give vigilance and keepeth, the word means to guard, as a soldier walks guard, his garments. We're to watch, we're to be vigilant, and we're to guard our garments, um, that lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now let me, let me make a few comments from those verses. First of all, we're warned in these verses, do you agree? We're warned to watch. That's to be vigilant. Uh, the word can mean not to be sleepless. It means not to take this thing with a grain of salt, not to just float through this life. Oh, well, things are just going to bounce around and be okay. It says we're to watch. In, in, in Luke chapter 21, it says, Watch ye therefore and pray always that you be accounted worthy to escape all these things that should come up to pass and stand before the Son of Man, Jesus' words. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, 
make foolproof of the ministry, of thy ministry. And every one of you need to have a ministry and do have whether you like it or not. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7 says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch. That means to be vigilant unto prayer. We're also warned in this verse we're supposed to be on guard as it were. We're to guard our garments. That would indicate that there's a chance. Would, would you reason with me? Would that not indicate that there's a chance that you could lose your garment? Why would you have to have diligent, vigilant, walking guard over your garments if they weren't? No, there's no chance of losing them? But the Bible says there indeed there is a chance of losing them. Uh, God does not warn us in the Bible without reason. Living for Jesus is a serious matter with much, much gain to be received, but much possible loss. It implies we have an active, potent enemy that is walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And it is, there is right now... He walks up and down, to and fro, looking for the Christian who is careless, who is casual, who is opposite vigilant, who is opposite guarding or sleepless, but they indeed are sleeping and involved in so many other things but what God wants them to be involved in, that they're easy prey for him, and he comes into their lives and in a way robs them, he robs them of their future garments. That's what, it, it, no doubt it implies that. We have potential to lose. We have, we have activity on our part is required. That's what that verse, we are part of keeping. We are part of the vigilance. We are part of the sleeplessness. We're the guarding part. You can't coast your way to heaven and make it there without trouble. Jesus said, watch, watch. Uh, the military term is be frosty, be frosty. We're told, we are told these garments are the righteousness of the saints. Now that's an interesting phrase uh, in verse Eight of chapter 19. Now you want to look at this because let me, let me exegete this a little bit. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen and clean and white for the fine linen is the fine linen is the righteousness of the saint of saints. Literal translation of this could be the righteous acts of the saints. So the fine linen is the righteous in some places it, it can be translated righteousnesses. That's a mouthful. The righteousnesses of the saints. I like to do it this way. It is the righteous acts of the saints. Ooh. That means that our works here in this Christian life will eventually be assembled and made into what is going to clothe us for all eternity. Like, how important is that? Whew. Nothing lasts long here. I mean, if you don't like a dress, girls, it, it'll wear out. Just dry it a bunch of times, and then the dryer will wear it out. Wash it a bunch of times, the washer will wear it. I have some really good shirts. You probably have two, Doc, that the washer, it ruins the edges of them, and eventually you've got to chuck them. 
Oh, I hate that. Good stuff wears out by just drying it. I had, in fact, we had a, we had a, a guy, John Asher, years ago. He wouldn't let his wife use the dryer. He, hung all, he had her hang all his clothes outside because he didn't want, number one, the dryer to wear his clothes out. Number two, he liked the smell of the fresh air. I'm not saying a word, not a more word than that. But anyway, Revelation chapter 14, verse 13 says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. I hope you know this as a Christian. That your works for Jesus Christ, are gonna, you're going to see him again. Glory to God. Don't you, isn't that thrilling? Unless you haven't done any. And that's going to see you too. I can't even remember all the works that I've done for Jesus. I just can't remember. I can't hardly remember one VBS to the last, the last one. I don't even know what we did last year. Don't tell me. I don't know what we did. People say, well, what we, okay, good, we did. I don't remember. It all kind of just blends together after a while. A person, if you're actively serving Jesus Christ and doing everything that is at your hands to do, you're not keeping track of all that stuff. You're not marking it down. Okay, I, I led, uh, brother, you led, a, you led an 18-year-old man to Jesus on, on Saturday out, bus, out calling for VBS. That went as part of your work, see. You went calling. But I went calling too, amen? Well, the people who, and, I, and, and you that pass those tracks out, and you that do numbers, you directly obey a commandment of the Bible, a work of righteousness. It'll eventually be translated to you as a garment. Now, let me, let's take your Bible, if you would, to 1 Corinthians. The reason I keep rubbing my face is I got something growing on it. I feel like I got a hundred porcupines on my face this morning. I'm doing this for VBS, by the way. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 13 through 15. The reason I, I really don't favor a beard, mustache, or anything else is simply because that's the only place I have gray hair. And my vanity keeps me from doing it. But anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Every man's work should be made... Manifest. That's declared, made public. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. That's a supernatural fire. The kind of fire was on the he- on, on Mount Sinai that didn't devour. It was, a, it was a fire, but it didn't devour. In this case, this fire will cleanse and purify like gold is purified by fire. And the fire shall try or test every man's work of what kind, sort, is can be translated quality it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon. Remember, this is not something God gives you. This is something you are obeying him, and in obeying him, you earn it. Uh, you'll be built, and he shall receive a what? A reward. Ooh. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall what? Now, a lot of times we Christians, we love to talk about the rewards and get happy and kick our feet up and say, Woo, God gives great rewards for service. We all go, God gives great rewards for service. We all go, Amen. Oh, brother. God gives great rewards for service. We all go, 
Man, oh man, oh man. You go to Tabernacle Baptist Church, Greenville, South Carolina, or Harold Seitler, and they start talking about rewards in heaven. Whoa, they start well, getting happy. The old women start raiding their hankies and start shouting. Them old people were mill workers. They never had anything in this world. They live in a little four-room house and live, work for the same place for 40 years, died lung cancer, and, and, and live short, fairly miserable lives and got to go to that same old dingy place where no OSHA, OSHA never touched those places. And they didn't allow light into a lot of them places. They worked in the dark almost all day long. And brother, when they went to church and talked about the lights of heaven and the brightness of God and the righteous garments of that were coming their way. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to it. It was a pleasure being with them. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Look the word suffer up. It's a serious word. It don't mean like suffer with just a little... It's more like an agonizing. But he himself shall be saved, and let's read those words together, yet so as by fire. That seems to be cohesive with our text verse that warns those people there in the 16th chapter and us, because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is proper for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. And all of this, and in the 16th chapter, it seems to say, you can go to heaven, yes! Soul be saved, yes! Be accepted in the beloved, Yes! Be part of the body of Christ. Yes. But you and I are going to be held accountable for those deeds done in our body, whether they be good or bad. You'll not be judged for the sin you did because that was judged at Calvary. When Jesus shed his blood, it was sealed by the resurrection. I'll never face my sin again, but I will face every work or work I didn't. It'll all be piled in a pile. The, the fire of God Almighty will burn on it. And what's left will be my reward. According to the 16th chapter, it seems to be that those will be turned into righteous acts of the saints. Those rewards will be turned into and made a garment for me in which I can wear. And it makes sense to me because we do that here. Remember I told you that the things of heaven are not so dissimilar to the things here. In Awana, what do we do? You people, the most old. in Awana, when those kids do their work and they do their books and they do their thing, we give them things and they can wear. On Awana, why, man, I've seen adult men at those Awana meetings, you guys been there, with patches from one end to the other. I, I offered to buy one of those guys' jackets because I knew I'd never earn all that stuff. He had everything Juana ever made, and he was he was a he was a sixty old guy, probably sixty years old. He's walking around with that, and, and an adult, a, a bunch of adults at Juana. I mean, he's walking around with his Juana vest, man. And I mean, he is the king of the hill. And I was I was envious, straight up and down. I'll tell you that. I, I offered to buy it. He said, "This is priceless." It is. It can't be purchased. It has to be earned. And your works 
will follow you and go before you if you have them. And the lack of works, and this is something we almost never dwell on. It's almost never, I've never even heard this preached before. The lack of works will also follow some to where they will walk naked and be ashamed. Now, I don't know what that means. It's God's definition of naked, not mine. All I can tell you is whatever they walk, they ain't going to like it. It's going to make them suffer, and they're going to be shamed in front of the hosts of heaven. One place you don't want to be shamed is in front of God and the hosts of heaven. You don't want to be shamed there. And God right now, through me, is giving you an impetus to do the will of God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Don't handle the precious opportunities that we have here on earth to serve God as, oh, well, I think today I may, today I won't, today I will, today I won't. Handle them with the preciousness that the Bible says that they indeed are. They're eternal. Everything that I've accumulated in this world is is shortly going to be gone. You know that. You been to any estate sales? How many here go to estate sales? You could go on the picker movie, couldn't you? A picker, a picker's a picker. You're a picker if you go on them estate sales. Ooh, I want to buy one of them five hundred thousand dollar tables made up in Boston that look junky for twenty five bucks, like that one woman did on the road show. That's what I want to do. I don't care anything about the table. I remember that. I remember that show on Roadshow. He said, "He said, well, you, where'd you find this? Oh, I, I found it at a at a state sale, and the woman won a thirty-five. I drew her down to twenty-five. And he's sitting there. These are the twins. I call them the twins. They're sitting there doing this. Well, this is like this is like a, a made in a, made in Boston. And a, a, I, a, conservatively, I'm gonna say this is two hundred fifty thousand. Conservatively, two fifty. Well, then they showed the auction. It was almost five hundred thousand dollars. Some crazy person with too much money paid for that. A piece of wood? By the way, I told Neil Walling, which is, uh, he's, I didn't know if you knew, but Neil, that real tall guy, a lot of people just call him the tall guy. The tall guy, he's up, he's up uh, in Traverse City area for up till October. I said, if we get in trouble, we're going to sell that painting back there for 300000 He said, that'd be about right. If you see it gone. <laughs> I got to ask a question. I'm, I'm, it's over. Will you be forced to walk naked in front of the hosts of heaven due to your lack of concern and care for the things of God here? That's the bottom line. Will you? Or will you take serious the injunctions that God Almighty has given you throughout the whole Bible, plus the Holy Spirit moving and wooing upon your soul to get busy and do the right things? And will you obey? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, you're a friend of mine if you do whatsoever I've I've told you to do. If you're a born-again Christian, he's birthed you, you owe everything to him. Everything you are and ever will be is his, and and you owe everything to him. It is nothing to give up any little thing here on earth for him. But I'm going to tell you, you have an enemy. An enemy can't send you to hell. No, he can't. He can't. He can't send you to hell. 
the devil himself, the evil one, all he can do to you is try to strip you of what God wants to give you. He can just hurt you. I watched a few divorces take place. And I've never seen more hate, more vicious, vile hate than in a divorce. They have more hate than they ever had love. The hate's bigger than the love ever was. And uh, people have told me their stories about their divorce. And they said, the woman, I was at work. I didn't even know we had a problem. Most men don't even know they have a problem. That's the crazy part. And I didn't know we had a problem. I came home, and she even took the Christmas tree. You could see where it was drugged with the ornaments and everything else flying off of it as she drugged that thing and took it out. And I went to turn the light on, and the light bulbs were gone. She took the light bulbs. I said, she didn't need light bulbs, but she didn't want you to have them. She didn't need a Christmas tree, but she didn't want you to have it. The hate. That's the way the devil hates you. Don't let him have that. Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Father, help us today to get the passage, to get the word of God somehow in Jesus' name.
Bee.